silence. Don't rush to finish your poem. The finisher of the poem, the creator of the world, will begin to arrive. This is What Comes From Silence, part two. And you have just listened to the final lines of Rumi's poem Everywhere, leading us into the second episode of Discovery Church Dunbar's new podcast series. Welcome. Over the coming weeks and months, we're going to be hosting some reflections and some conversations, exploring all kinds of topics. At Discovery, we often describe ourselves as limping pilgrims, journeying towards God together. We hope to be curious explorers on that path too, and we love to hear from diverse voices, experiences and traditions in our explorations. I'm Vicky Allen, and we are continuing today our exploration of silence as a spiritual practice. In our last podcast, we entered into a kind of stilling exercise to notice and quietly attend to the world around us. And we reflected on how during that exercise, We could kind of observe our own thoughts scattering and gathering over and over. We notice that silence is perhaps not in fact about the absence of thoughts or noise, but is about being able to be at rest and to observe the movements of our inner life in the company of God. And so now I'm going to read my poem, What Comes from Silence, with thanks to Wendell Berry, which I read for you last time. I sat long. The bleached and broken branch, sacred as any stiff-backed pew. Stillness was learned as dusk became a gauzy skyrobe of constellations. I expected silence to be peace, some sort of hard-earned joy. But instead I wept as silence offered me my own star-shrouded heart. Silence is a potent word, and it can be an even more potent experience. When I reflect on times of silence in my life, a fairly typical and average life in many ways, I find myself immediately thinking about what we're even talking about when we talk about silence. And so I think about times when I've been with people and a short silence has ensued as conversation dries up. That can feel incredibly awkward, like the longest time ever. Those kinds of silences are defined by social discomfort. And some of us are better equipped to deal with that than others. But which of us doesn't feel that overwhelming urge to fill a silence we feel uncomfortable with? Then there's those other times when you're with others and silence opens up between you and it simply feels warm and comfortable, not like a gaping hole so much as a welcoming space. And then there's the silence I sought out when I was preparing for this particular podcast. I was scribbling down notes in my little notebook and I would pause mid-scribble to look out of the window while I formed my thoughts. That kind of silence has a, a richness to it, which right now was born out of being able to have a rare bit of solitude, all the rarer for happening during lockdown these days. 
is actually quite a busy and active sort of silence. And in this instance, my inner life is not silent, but I choose a space of solitude and stillness to create a wide open space for exploring my thoughts. I love this kind of silence. Pre-lockdown, it was actually quite normal for me because I spent quite large parts of each day alone as I work from home anyway. Post-lockdown, it is particularly rare in a house which is just about always occupied now and so I value it really highly. And of course then there is the kind of silence which we can choose to enter as a spiritual practice. It has a different quality again. In the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Olber Calhoun, Susan Muto is quoted, In a noise-polluted world, it is even difficult to hear ourselves think, let alone try to be still and know God. Yet it seems essential for our spiritual life to seek some silence, no matter how busy we may be. Silence is not to be shunned as empty space, but to be befriended as fertile ground for intimacy with God. Did you notice that phrase? Silence is not to be shunned as empty space. This feels telling, I think. It seems to resonate with what many have commented on in lockdown. How the shutting down of certain sounds, like traffic or the general noise of activity on a high street, or sadly even the noise of children playing in parks and playgrounds, how the absence of all those things has opened us up to what is left. We're able to hear more birdsong and that's a glorious thing. But we are also able to hear more of what we perhaps don't want to tune into. The endless news cycle, the families we are with 24-7, or perhaps the friends and families whose enforced absence is a gaping wound. And we, of course, are stuck with ourselves too. And perhaps our usual means of distraction are muted now as well. Perhaps our work is severely diminished if not gone altogether. Our entertainment is confined to the restrictions of home. Consumerism has limited outlets and our desire for things is suddenly magnified by our lack of ability to satisfy that. Well, perhaps that's not the worst thing that could happen. So, I'm left wondering, what then do we do with the silence that waits for us? Well, maybe we begin by asking some good questions. What do you notice when you are finally quiet? What rises up in you which you would prefer to subdue? are you able to welcome as a surprise guest in your life? And what does it feel like to notice these things? Here's a story of something I found in silence a couple of years back. At the end of 2017, my mum became suddenly and severely ill. And as we turned the corner into 2018, she was diagnosed with cancer which had spread everywhere. 
less than two weeks later, she died. It was a truly awful time, full of shock and grief and confusion, as you can imagine. Then, a few weeks later, in the run-up to Lent, I heard that Space to Breathe, who are a fantastic community interest company supporting well-being, I heard that they were running something called the Silence Challenge. It would run through Lent and would encourage people to explore the practice of silence in their daily lives with the small goal of just five minutes a day. I decided I wanted to do it. I'm not sure what I thought I would find, but during those early weeks of grief and sometimes almost paralysing loss, it felt like it was offering me a small gift. All I had to do was learn how to receive it. I had experienced silence as a spiritual practice before on retreats and in a handful of other settings, but it was an occasional thing, like dipping my toes on the edge of a vast ocean, and I wanted to learn to immerse myself. So Lent began, and each day I sat in a chair in the living room, set an alarm on my phone for the allotted time, and I allowed myself to slow down, to become still, and slowly, I learned to enter silence and to remain there. I often held a small carved olive wood heart which a friend had sent to me when mum first became ill. I remember I used to circle my thumb over the curve of its surface as a kind of centering tool, like a silent prayer. Each day I gazed out of the window noticing my thoughts come and go, but choosing not to follow them, and some days this was harder than others. Each day I would remember something I urgently needed to do, and then recollect that in silence there was nothing required of me for now. It was only for a few minutes, it could probably wait. By the end of Lent I would find myself in quite lengthy periods of silence and no longer set an alarm. I would actively look forward to this time of day when I chose to stop. Sometime, sometime after Lent began, there was one significant day when I began my not-quite-yet-habitual time of silence. I sat in my usual chair in the living room and I gazed out of the window. I could hear the sound of the wind howling round the old stone walls of our house and rattling the roof slates. February was making herself felt. Some twigs tip-tapped on a window and I vaguely thought I should trim them back sometime. And then, imperceptibly, the wide-open spaces of silence opened before me. I remember the surprise I felt as I was suddenly engulfed by a great wave of sorrow. I began to properly cry for my mum and for all I'd lost, and it was as if it was the first time I'd allowed myself to do so. In the days and weeks to come, this actually happened often. It was as if silence offered me a mirror to my bruised soul, and I felt that God sat alongside me in the silence as we contemplated it all together. It was difficult to notice something that was so very painful within me, 
but it was also eventually a source of real comfort and healing. The poem I read you earlier marks a walk on the salt marsh near to where I live, a daily haunt until lockdown. During those first months after mum's death, that was also a place where I would sometimes pause and just sit in the windswept space. There was one particular washed up section of a tree trunk which provided a perfectly proportioned seat and I would often have tears streaking across my cheeks there as the wind whipped them away. Choosing silence opened me up to the presence of God in my grief and eventually taught me that there was a way to live with it. Padre Gotuma's recent beautiful book in The Shelter has a lovely refrain in it, which is both powerful and helpful. He says hello to the thing he is experiencing. For me then, that Lent in 2018 became my time to learn to say hello to sorrow. I sometimes wonder too, could the practice of silence be described then as a sort of inner pilgrimage, a journey with God through our inner selves? It reminds me of the stories of St. Brendan the Navigator somehow. It was St. Brendan's Day back on the 16th of May, so you may have come across bits of his story recently, and maybe that's why I'm thinking about it just now. Um... He was a 5th century Irish monk. He felt a mysterious call from God to journey to an unknown destination by sea. And uh, eventually several of his friends chose to join him in a small coracle of wood and leather. The adventures and visions he eventually recorded upon their return are both mystical and moving. Before he embarked on his journey, we're told he sought solitude on a mountain to examine the inner movements of his heart with God. The outcome is one of our great ancient stories, and one I do often find myself drawn towards. Could silence be, in fact, a way into the untold stories of our heart, to find deeper understanding there in companionship with God? Let's pause for a moment here, and allow ourselves to be still. We've contemplated a lot together. As we breathe in just now, let us say, in your shelter, I find rest. And to finish, the famous prayer of St. Brendan the Navigator. Help me to journey beyond the familiar and into the unknown. Give me the faith to leave old ways and break fresh ground with you. Christ of the mysteries, I trust you to be stronger than each storm within me. I will trust in the darkness and spirit to the music of heaven and somehow 